Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Another interesting nugget. Steve Zinsmeister, Mitch Veraldis, back with you on Arizona Sports. We had big breaking news that the Arizona Cardinals have hired Monty Ossenfort as the team's next general manager. He comes to us from Tennessee with the Titans for the last three years. He was a big part of the organization and scouting department in New England all those years, all those championships. He will be the next general manager. I, I teased you with a, a, a little nugget. Okay. Brian Flores now has the same odds in Vegas to be the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals as Sean Payton. They are co-front runners, if you will. You know whose reaction I want to hear to that? Tyler! Tyler Drake, our Cardinals insider at ArizonaSports.com. He joins us on the line right now. All right, Ty, uh, first reaction, new GM. What do you think? Well, I mean, I will say this. It was quick. It was swift. It was... uh... Definitely, I think, what Bidwell wanted and getting the GM in place first to help with that head coaching search. And, I mean, I think tomorrow's the day they can really start talking to guys. So why not have that GM in place to really kick it off? So for, you know, for everything that Bidwell said, he's, he's you know, he's he's doing everything that he said. And he, I thought he cast that net far and wide, as he said, five or six different times. But, uh, you know, he searched a lot of different areas and here we go. So I, I think... The next step is, you know, what's his say on the head coach and where do they go from there? So two and a half hours ago, Mitch and I are sitting in the newsroom and Sean Payton shows up on FS1 talking with Colin Coward. And the first thing I thought was, man, I wish every head coaching candidate was on TV all the time. That would be great. (laughs) Uh, But he very specifically was asked about which, which teams are you interviewing this week? And he listed three of them, none of which were the Arizona Cardinals. My first thought was, why would the Cardinals not have a date set with Sean Payton? Does it make a little bit more sense to you now that they've been so focused on their GM hire first? Yeah, yeah. And also, I thought Colin should have uh, not cut off uh, Sean and let him maybe get that other that other <laughs> team in you. there. Because I feel like maybe the Cardinals would have been that last team. And who knows? Maybe they're the final interview of those uh, of those. Uh, four that were listed, but yeah, I figured, I figured for sure he'd, he'd you know double down and ask about the Cardinals, but that's another, another uh, side. But I thought that was interesting. I thought especially when he talked about the compensation, where he said middle to late first round, which I think everybody kind of assumed, and then even spoke like, hey, next year that could that could change. So definitely really interesting, An interesting day for sure. I think a lot a lot of people were kind of viewing the day as more light, and now we've got a we've got a lot of news to go through. Okay, but Steve also led in with the coaching odds for Vegas odds. And the fact that Brian Flores is now tied with Sean Payton, maybe that worries some people, but because you've done enough research on all of these candidates, why would Brian Flores be a great hire for the Cardinals? I mean, I think it was just, you would get a guy that I think is a no nonsense guy, kind of a leader of men type of personality. I think, you know, that, I think that's really where you start. And I think you get a guy like that in there. It really is as, you know, flipping the culture, I think, of what we saw with Cliff of, you know, hey, I'm I'm right there with you guys. I'm the bro coach. I'm the player coach. You get the Brian Flores in there where he's like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is a job. Let's get going. And I think you just have to connect the dots with, you know, uh, Austin Fort and him just because they've worked together in New England or they've had to have because of, you know, his past, Austin Fort's past time there. So it's it's really interesting. I'm I'm really interested to hear what he wants to see out of a head coach, what what his thoughts are, because uh, he's expected to talk with us tomorrow. So 
uh, we should uh, should be a really uh, good day to get some more information for sure. We're talking with our Cardinals insider, Tyler Drake. You can read his stuff at ArizonaSports.com. Already some stuff up on Monty Ossonfort, the next general manager of the Arizona Cardinals. You know, he's not going to have a lot of time to get accustomed to this job or to get acquainted with the organization because there's a long to-do list right out of the gate. Not only does he have to hire a head coach, but... If he hires a head coach that's not Sean Payton, if it's one of these other guys, Vance Joseph, D'Amico Ryans, Brian Flores, then you also have to go find an offensive coordinator that can grow Kyler Murray. Then you've got trading DeAndre Hopkins is supposedly on that list. Then you have the number three pick in the draft. He doesn't have time to get accustomed. He's got a lot to do right now. Yeah, yeah, and I think you've just got to you've got to have the checklist. You've got to have the priorities. I think he's really got to sit with the owner and and really figure out, like, hey, what's number one? Is it finding somebody that's going to mesh with Kyler because he's going to be here for a while? So we should build around the guy that we just paid a bunch of money to, or do we need to look somewhere else, or do we need to, you know, flip it and look more defensively? But I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, what's the OC going to be like if you do get a guy like a Brian Flores or? Or uh, D'Amico Ryan. So it's, it's there, like you said, it's, it's a laundry list of things, but at least you've got a guy in place to where you can at least start chopping these down a little bit or at least have a plan of attack now. Whereas if you waited a couple more weeks, you're really behind the eight ball. So as quick as this turnaround is going to be for him, I, I don't think there's any better thing they could have done in this span of time. Tyler Drake, who covers the Cardinals for us at Arizona Sports, joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line. You had a piece, it was either out yesterday or today, but it had to do with DeAndre Hopkins weighing the pros and cons of trading him or holding on to him. Now that the GM is in place, your prediction as to what is the likelihood that DeAndre Hopkins remains a member of the Cardinals this upcoming season? Oh, that's, that's tough. That's tough. I think... I think Hopkins, the GM, I think the team, you know, they need to get together, kind of figure out where everybody's at. Maybe there's a change of heart there. I mean, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is still a really good wide receiver. You can easily, I think, in my opinion, if you don't get a first-round pick for him in compensation, you're not doing something right. So I think that's the starting point if you have to go that route. But also, if you keep the guy, you know that him and Tyler can gel. I mean, they had their best seasons together as Cardinals when they're both on the field and I mean, that's a big thing when they're both on the field, but still, we've seen it. I mean, they, they can be at the top top of their games together on the field. So if you're bringing in all these new guys, why not have some stability there? But I could see the assets. I could see if, if they're going to throw out a couple picks or a pick and maybe a player that will help down the road. Who knows? It's just there's a lot of things. You know, the contract situation, you've got to take into account the dead money situation, the before June 1st, the after June 1st. There's just there's so many things you've got to go through that. You really got to see where DeAndre Hopkins head at, heads at and where you know the team's heads at to really see like who, how's this going to work for both sides. If we're going to trade you, we need to get something. If we, and you've got to be okay with wherever we're going to send you because you've got a no trade clause. So a lot of hurdles to go uh, on that one, in my opinion. <laughs> Monty Ford also spent the last three years in Tennessee, and they're very familiar with the acquisition of a big name wide receiver. They did that with Julio Jones. Maybe regrettably, so I wonder how the compensation for that trade plays into his negotiations going forward mm. if we do see a Hopkins move. That's a good point. Um, last question for Tyler Drake, our Cardinals insider at ArizonaSports.com. The GM hire came very quickly, I felt. It was kind of behind closed doors. It didn't feel like the typical Michael Bidwell hire. Uh, it was external, something we haven't seen in about 30 years. The GM hire was quick. Will the head coaching hire be quick? 
you know, I think it all depends on the interviews. I think if somebody really knocks their socks off, they might be able to, uh, to, to get something done quick. But at the same time, that might not be the, the route to go. Why not, you know, get a couple of these guys in there? They've already requested interviews. So why not go through the interview process, see everybody that they've got lined up, and then go from there? I think the, the casting the net far and wide, leaving no stone unturned kind of uh, method, I think is the best way to do it. If you're going to reset everything, why not fully reset? Why not just, I, I, but at the same time, if you, if you want to go with your gut, go with your gut. But I think in my opinion, I would just, I would check every single possible stone, every single thing like that before I made a final decision, if I'm going head coach, because there's been too much turnover. I mean, what was the stat ESPN put out the other day? Like a six years is the max of a Cardinals head coach has been with the organization. So try to beat that record. <laughs> All right, Ty, really appreciate you being available with the big breaking news here this afternoon. So thanks for uh, making some time for us, all right? No problem, guys, anytime. All right, that's Tyler Drake, our Cardinals insider at ArizonaSports.com, reacting to the big news that the Arizona Cardinals have a new GM, Monty Ossonfort. That's step one of what is going to be... (laughs) It's already been joked about on every other show, I'm sure, but it'll be the biggest offseason in Cardinals history. Of all time. Of all time. Coming this summer. Coming right now. <laughs> it started. That was big piece number one. Um, later today, the uh, Phoenix Suns are going to be back in action, and we're going to catch up courtside with uh, Suns broadcaster John Bloom. He'll join us next. We'll get his thoughts on the new Cardinals GM here on Arizona Sports. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Final segment as we get you ready for Phoenix Suns basketball here on Arizona Sports. Mitch Vereldis and Steve Zinsmeister filling in. Zach Larson behind the glass. Just want to circle back to the top story really, really quick. The Arizona Cardinals, they have a new general manager. It is Monty Ossenfort. He is the former Titans director of player personnel. And now he is tasked with rebuilding this franchise. Uh, the roster coach that's probably going to be the number one thing is him finding a new coach just wanted to pass that along before we get you ready for the suns game against the memphis grizzlies it's a big one in the western conference so we wanted to get a preview with phoenix suns broadcaster john bloom who joins us uh courtside or up in the rafters in memphis where are you at there bloomer well we're kind of in between uh and i appreciate the question uh because it does vary uh, depending on our stops around (laughs) the league this is a good spot here in memphis we're uh basically free throw line extended on one side of the floor uh, up towards the back of the lower bowl. So uh, there's a suite right behind us, and uh, it's a good view of the game, and hopefully it's a good game. The last time we were here, the Suns played their butts off, took out a Memphis team that was completely outmatching them on paper, but we know that you have to wait until these games are played to see how they're going to unfold lately in the NBA. Yeah, Bloomer, that's interesting you bring that up. It seems like the game against Memphis was kind of the one bright spot in a very dark period for this team. I mean, at one point, losing 9 of 10, they were on a six-game slide. Obviously, they beat the Warriors, and then things sort of turn around, I guess. Uh, For whatever reason, Memphis was just kind of the one lone bright spot a few weeks ago in a very, very dark period. You're right, and, uh, you know, there were so many good things that happened in that game, Steve. It was not just the fact that they won handily. They had eight guys in double figures. Dwayne Washington Jr. had his career best 26 at the time, and uh, I think they had a bunch of blocks in 
that game, if I remember correctly. So this was a, a statement game by the Suns after they got their butts handed to them by the Grizzlies in the first meeting in Phoenix. That was a 125-100 to 100, uh, final on December 23rd, you may recall. So as you were talking about, a dark period there. Then on this trip now, uh, the one bright spot happened in the city by the bay when they whooped the Warriors and, uh, you know, really dominated that game. After that, tough losses. The one in Minneapolis on Friday night certainly was a game that they could have had if they had about another five to ten minutes. It seemed like they just ran out of time because they turned the tide in a game that was full of runs back and forth. And now this would be a, a real big step to finish this trip, which has been uh, seemingly an, an unending trip because you take a look at it and the number that blows my mind, I just tweeted this out a little while ago with my uh, pregame picture of our broadcast location so you can even get a better idea of where we are if you look oh, on perfect. Twitter. Uh, so yeah, I, I uh, it's 20 out of 24 days, guys, that oh. this team's been on the road. They've been on the road for 20 of the last 24 days. That's uncommon, I, I think, in any sport or any avocation for that matter. I, I mean, I tell you what else is uncommon, being down five of your rotational players during that entire 24-day stretch. I, it's obviously been hampering them in the standings, but if you look at it, it's very, very, very tight within that like five seed all the way down to the 12 seed. So just a couple more wins, and the Suns can find themselves back in the top six before we know it, right? They could, and the reason that I stay positive and optimistic about that happening is not a lot of other teams are going to add a Hall of Fame point guard, a future Hall of Fame shooting guard, a, uh, a potential, you know, kind of six-man-of-the-year type guy with Cam Johnson and Cam Payne. Those guys are all going to come back eventually. Now, we don't have timelines on when it's going to happen, but you would hope soon for at least a couple of them and then eventually for all of them. And those other teams that you talk about that are mired in that middle of the Western Conference are not going to add all that firepower. Several of them do have missing pieces. Don't get me wrong. Right. A lot of teams are missing even stars, but not that much firepower is going to return to any of those teams. And the Suns are going to do that, and then they're probably going to do something else because, as we all know, we're just waiting for the shoe to drop with the trade of Jay Crowder and if there's any other moves in the making. We're talking with John Bloom, Suns broadcaster. Uh, I think a lot of fans would be interested to know, is John Morant going to be on the court tonight? You know, John Morant's on the court right now, Ooh. and he is not missing. Oh, he just missed. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I, he, it doesn't he count like, in pregame, though, right? <laughs> he was making everything, and he just made the next two after I said he missed. But, yeah, uh, John, you can hear the swish if you if you pay real close attention to the effects. And Zach Boyd, our wonderful engineer, can even pump that up for you. But, yeah, he's uh, he's playing. And uh, from what we understand, whenever he's listed as questionable, he plays. Like That's just what John Morant does. That's what the Memphis broadcasters have told us they've gotten used to. And so I guess we're just going to have to get used to that, too. I'm not mad at it. To be honest with you, fellas, I know the Suns would have a better chance to win the game, but he is, without a doubt, a phenomenal basketball player and one of my favorite to watch that does not wear Suns uniforms. I, I just think that in the league, he is my favorite player that's not a Phoenix Sun. He's just so eye-catching to just say one nice thing about John Morant before I have to focus entirely about the Suns for the next several hours or so. <laughs> John, I'm curious. With There's reports out there that Cam Johnson could be back as soon as this road trip is done. So he'd be back for that next home game. I believe it's against Brooklyn on the 19th. How much of a boost would that provide, not just to the starting lineup, but just to the offense as a whole? Yeah, I think, uh, and not just the offense, Mitch. I mean, I think it's both. I think he is has become a better defender as well at that spot that he's gotten used to playing now, power forward. So I think he is going to add a whole lot. Now, do I expect him to be the Cam Johnson that, uh, you know, is at the top of his game when he's been out for, what, this is 
is his 36th missed game in a row uh, since having the uh, menisectomy. I like to say that as much as possible. Ooh, that is a fun since word. I just learned that word earlier this season. <laughs> uh, yeah, since he had that, he's missed 36 straight games. So, no, he's not going to come back right away and be in a groove. But he will definitely give this team a lift in many facets, uh, starting with the shooting. I mean, he's a dead-eye shooter, and hopefully he can get that stroke back because that will add uh, just another weapon. You know, you when we go to all these visiting gyms and, and we listen to the coaches in the in the pregame tonight, Taylor Jenkins, no exception, they all rattle off the fact that the Suns have like seven guys shooting 40% for three. Yeah. Now you're going to bring Cam Johnson back to that? Makes it lethal, right? All right, Bloomer, we'll be listening to the broadcast. Try to throw in as many of those big words as you can. I will do my best, and uh, thank you guys for doing uh, the work today. Absolutely. Oh, Appreciate it's, it. It's our pleasure. It's the least we could do, right? John Bloom, Phoenix Suns broadcaster, joining us live from Memphis. Checking in from, uh, it looks like he's kind of like halfway up Yeah, in like, the lower bowl. You go check out, uh, what's his handle? You've got his handle up, don't you? Uh, at John Bloom. At J-O-N. John Bloom. So it's a lot easier, his handle, than like yours and ours, because yeah, well. we have impossible last names. My, yeah, I was going to say our <laughs> last names are Zinsweister and Vereldis. <laughs> Give anybody five bucks who can spell both of those successfully. Password security, strong. No, uh, so John Morant, it's, he said, uh, listen, Bloomer has his good, uh, has a good idea of what's going to happen tonight. John Morant's playing in this game. Yeah. The thing about Jaw, though, is that some nights it'll be almost too much. And if you, if you really watch closely, the way John Morant plays is he plays a lot inside in the paint. He really crashes the boards, right? He's an aggressive player, but the problem is that his build results in a lot of injuries as a result of doing all that work. So you you worry a bit if you're Memphis, given all of these questionable injury report, et cetera, et cetera, all that. Um, but he's a fantastic player to watch in general. Really quickly, final thoughts on Monty Austin Ford, the new Cardinals GM. He is the new GM. Uh, it's an external hire, the first since 1994 and Buddy Ryan. Michael Bidwell did it quickly. He did it quietly. How does it impact the head coaching search? I would think that Brian Flores has a relationship with Austin Fort. Uh, we'll see if that plays into all of this. I mean, it's impacted Vegas. Uh, the latest odds have him and Sean Payton as co-favorites to be the next what Cardinals head coach. What does Vegas know? Vegas, what are you up to? They know pretty much the same things we do at this point, right? Which is nothing. Well, they know something. Maybe. I think they. I think they're probably drawing the lines. Okay, they're how, connecting the dots. We. How are. about this? How soon will we have a head coach here in Arizona? I think we could have a new head coach in less than a week. I'll say two weeks. It could happen quickly. Hey, thanks so much for checking out the show this afternoon. We really appreciate it. Uh, for Mitch Veraldas, for our producer Zach Larson, I'm Steve Zinsmeister. You've been listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.